Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello, everyone. This is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You. Thank you for joining us today. We have John Kirk, who's going to be joining us and talking with us about how to win customers and keep them coming back. He's going to talk about your sales communication, how to make it more comprehensive, substantial, and precise. And he's going to dive into the power of sales scripting and what that means so that you can deliver your message authentically and from the heart. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. John, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on the Rise Up For You podcast. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us about yourself and what you do? A little bit about myself. I've always been in professional selling. Uh, I spent seven years overseas, a year in Hong Kong, a year in mainland China, five years in Taiwan. I speak Mandarin Chinese uh, conversantly, not fluently, but I've always been professional selling and I love for language. Uh, I started my own practice to help entrepreneurs and business owners master the art of selling because selling is the ultimate form of growing a business. If you can't make sales, you can't succeed. But I focus on how to make it authentic to how the person speaks so that way they can deliver it well and get the results they're looking for. Okay, that's awesome. And that and that's really difficult to do. A lot of times when we think about sales, we think of kind of like this sleazy way of getting customers and clients. Um, so it's very interesting to hear you say that to do it the most, I guess, the authentic way. So tell us a little bit more, I guess, about um, what you're currently doing it and some strategies and tips behind how you do it. How, how do we even get customers to want our product? Sure. Well, first of all, you have to understand that you need to use a script. Now, the definition of a script is simply words and sequence that have meaning. So if you're talking and making sense, you're using a script. If you're talking and not making sense, you're talking in gibberish. Mumbo dot face banana patch is gibberish. It doesn't make any sense. So it's not whether you're using a script or not. It's are your scripts as powerful and as persuasive as possible. We've all been to McDonald's at least once in our lives, and they've asked you, do you want fries with that? That script adds millions of dollars to the bottom line. So what it's important is to get the people comfortable with the concept of selling. And the way I like to say that is it's not a hard sell. It's a heart sell. You're coming mm. from your heart, but many people don't know how to get into that heart space. This is why I often say to business owners and entrepreneurs, if you had the cure for cancer, would you take no for an answer? Well, the answer is no. But if you're a realtor, you have to feel that getting that family a new home is just as life-changing. Once you get into that heart space that what you're doing is life-changing, which it is, then you can start selling more authentically because it's coming from your heart. Mm. But then we need to focus on the language patterns that are using. I've studied neurolinguistic programming, which is a branch of psychology. So I have the psychology of selling embedded in the language. So that that why that's why it works, and that's why people get the results. 
So what do you, you when you work with your clients and, and you start this process of, you know, building that script and I guess the right language for their product, give us some ideas of what not to do. Like what's the most common thing that you see that just does not work in this industry? Okay. The biggest mistake I see is, well, people try to wing it. They think if I'm just friendly and enthusiastic, I'll make sales. Tony Robbins once said, you take an idiot and you motivate him. What do you get? A motivated idiot. So you have to have, yes, passion is key, but you have to have a script to run on, a syntax, an order and sequence to follow. Once you have that, it actually enables you to listen more effectively because people... Your ears are so powerful. People are hungry to be listened to. So when you have your script and you're still coming from that authentic place, it allows you to listen more effectively and thus hear what they're looking for and then come from a place of service. Mm. So many people, when they wing it, are just thinking about, well, what do I say next? What do I say next? And you can tell the person isn't truly listening because they're in their head thinking about what to say next, not truly listening to what the potential customer has to say, whether face-to-face or over the phone. Mm. That's a fair statement. And and as customers, we can identify that. I mean, there's plenty of times when I've walked into a store or a shop and I can see that they're just waiting to pitch the next thing, but they're not really listening to what it is that I'm looking for or my needs at that moment. Yes. Part of it is also you need to do what's sometimes called a linguistic pattern interrupt, to interrupt a person's habitual pattern. Say, for example, you're in an uh, audiovisual store seeing all the, the big screen TVs and everything else, and you walk up to the big screen TV or looking at it, and the salesperson comes up to you and says, well, how may I help you? Nine times out of ten, you say, oh, I'm just looking, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm good. Well, you have to break the pattern, so you have to engage in the conversation. So when the person comes up to look at the TVs, the better question to ask is, are you a new customer? or a returning customer. A new customer, that gives the salesperson even more feedback to listen even more attentively to help make this a great experience for the new customer. For an existing customer, great, that's good to know. So how long have you been a customer of ours? That keeps the conversation going. It's all about how are you structuring the conversation so it truly is a dialogue that you can listen. But if you just say, how may I help you? Nine times out of 10, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, I'm just looking. You got to interrupt the pattern and take a different approach. You know, that's, it sounds like such a simple idea, but it's not used very often. Now that you're talking about it and we're creating this dialogue, you're absolutely right. And every time that someone comes up to me and says, how can I help you? I say, I'm just looking. Thank you. And it just ends right there. The conversation is done. Mm-hmm. That script doesn't work. It gets you plenty of resistance. Oh, I'm just looking. I'm good. Goodbye. Well, that script doesn't work. So the question is, what scripts are you using and how are they getting the results? Now, how I interact with my clients, see, language is 80% structure and only 20% content. The person likes to collect Beanie Babies or Ferraris. That's the content. They, but the structure is they like to collect things. So when I'm working with my clients on the structural level of language, the scripts, the neuro-linguistic programming part of it, then I can add in the content. One of my clients sells makeup. I don't wear makeup. And she's, John, well, you sold me on my own stuff. Yeah, because we focus on the right structure of it 
And then we put in the relevant content. Is she selling a foundation, blush, lipsticks, whatever it is she's selling. So when you say structure, what does that mean? Can you give us a few examples of you know how, how a structure is built? Okay, a structure is built. Another way of saying a structure is the syntax, is the correct order and sequence something goes in. You go to the restaurant, like a, a decent restaurant, they offer you an appetizer, and then then you have the salad, then the main course, and the coffee, and the coffee and the dessert. If something goes out of order, you feel it. If they come and say, "Hey, what would you like for dessert?" Okay, well, I understand life is uncertain. We better eat dessert first, but it feels weird. Right. So there's a natural process. Now, I'll give you an example from a four-step syntax, and this is just a four-step process. Some people that are involved in network marketing, but in other areas, it's called the three-foot rule, which is talk to anybody within three feet of you about your product or service. That's a good concept, but how do you do it? Mm -hmm. So the four steps. Step number one, when you're engaging the person, what do you like? I'll give you an example of the language of it. Step number two, what do you dislike? Step number three, describe to me. And step number four is imagine. So step number one, what do you like about? So you meet a person in line at the coffee shop. What do you like about your current job? It starts building that trust and rapport. The conversation continues. Tell me more about that. People are getting enthusiastic. They're starting to like and you're, you're listening to them. You're building up that rapport. People like, know, and trust you. But step number two, what do you dislike about your current job? See, dislike is a contrast script. People are motivated by two things, getting into pleasure and avoiding pain. Avoiding pain is a much stronger motivator. So what are they dissatisfied with? we got to get them connected to that source of dissatisfaction. If everything's good, why are they going to even bother changing or at least having that conversation? So what do you dislike about your current job? Maybe the person's in computers. Well, I'm working crazy hours. I'm not making enough money, and I haven't been able to take a vacation with my family for a while. Okay, good. We now have what their pain points are. Step number three. Describe to me. Describe to me your ideal career. So we've gone from a, this isn't just semantics. We've gone from calling it their job in step one, step two, to their career in step number three. Mm -hmm. But this is also an elicitation script. They're telling you what they want. You don't have to read a person's mind. They will tell you. So describe to me your ideal career. Well, the man says, I've been making a lot more money. I could spend more time working on computers that I love. Maybe I'd be able to find a new job and take a vacation to Hawaii with my family. Well, if he's done that person's network marketing opportunity appropriately, he'll get all that. Then step number four, imagine, Mr. Computer Science Person, you've got a great new career. You're making real money. You can spend more time on computers and you can finally take that family vacation to Mao you've always dreamed of. What would that feel like? What would that feel like? That's a future pacing technique. You're taking something, somebody for experiencing the benefits in the future and bringing them back into the present so they can feel it now. We're using the feeling word. Not think, not hear, feel. Hmm. So that's, that's an example of a four-step syntax. What do you like? What do you dislike? Describe to me and imagine. And then the language patterns, the specific scripts within that syntax or structure to get the results. 
Now, do you find that the majority of the companies do this or, or do you find that it's actually the opposite, that very few companies use this process of um, syntax and using language that can be effective in customer sales? The ones that do it well, it's just natural. They become the script. I like to ask people, what's the name of their favorite actor or actress? So, Netta, what's the name of a favorite actor or actress do you have? Johnny Depp. Uh-huh. And is he pretty well compensated for what he does? Very much so. <laughs> In the back of your mind, when you see him on st- on the screen, do you know he's using a script? Yes. Well, do sometimes. you care? No. Has he become the script? Yes. What I just took you through is a leading language script. Mm. Because if the individual says it, it's greeted, greeted with a certain level of skepticism. But if the potential customer does, it has a much deeper level of influence. See, the best companies drain, train train their people to the point where they become the script so it just happens naturally. We often associate hearing – it's certainly better to use a script than no script. You'll get better results. Winging it just doesn't work. The important thing is when they become it and deliver it well, then it becomes natural and then it works. Like, oh, yeah, it just worked well. That's why with entrepreneurs, this is one of the key skill sets they're missing because they have to win customers and keep them coming back. And they are usually at the startup mode. They're doing all the selling for the group. But even as the company grows, you cannot just delegate it to the salespeople. It has to be scripted. They have to be trained on the script to become it so that way it's delivered effectively and consistently. If they don't, you got to let them go. It's your company. You can't winging it cost too much in missed opportunities and missed marketing dollars. How do you build um, – uh, how do you train on this and how do you build that consistency? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this episode that maybe run their own company or are, are management in their company and they want to know, okay, let, I need to do this with my, with my uh, employees. Where do I start? Well, first thing we have to do is we have to identify all the key scripts you need to have written for your business. could be appointment setting. The main presentation script is when at the end of that, the person makes a buying decision. There's objection handling scripts. I don't know the time. I need to think about it. It costs too much. I got to talk it over with my astrologer or whomever. There's a whole series of scripts that we need to know that you have created for your company. Then they have to be what I call persuasion engineered, working with an expert like me to make sure the language is powerful and as persuasive as possible. And then that's what's called the company's million-dollar script book. And then you can train your people on these are the scripts. It actually is a huge advantage for a company because now you can hire for character because you can't teach character. So many companies make the mistake of hiring somebody who has a lot of experience within their own industry. Right. The thing is they got to break the person of bad habits for three to six months and then and only then can they start applying the scripts. Right. And what are some, I, I guess, what are some key points that are absolute that need to be in this message? Are there any key points or is it just based on the company? Well, the thing is at the structural level of language, I'll, I'll give you some, some examples of this. We have to, there's over 100 different scripting techniques. 
and we have to get it taken care of and applied to the right circumstance. Just like adding uh, spices to a soup. Mm-hmm. If you add a whole can of salt, it's going to ruin the soup. Right. You have to sprinkle the right ones in there so that it gets the results. That's why it has to be a collaborative process with my clients. My clients understand their industry pretty well. That's why they're in that industry. I understand the scripting language part of it. So once we have the collaboration, the scripts are working well and even better, then it's a matter of rolling it out to the uh, the employees. I'll give you a quick example. This was a brilliant uh, training method I learned from my sales manager when I was in Hong Kong. I was one of the new salespeople on board, and the sales manager brought all the salespeople in. Now, we're talking about handling objections. It costs too much. I got to talk about it. I need to get several quotes. Well, the sales manager took a ping pong ball and threw it to the first salesperson and said, I need to think about it. If that salesperson could answer well within a good time frame, they were in. If they couldn't, they were out. So the salesperson answered it very well. And then he tossed it to another salesperson. Well, I, I got to get multiple quotes. Well, there was eight salespeople in the room. At the end, it came down to two people. It was me, the young new salesperson who knew the scripts and the objection handling scripts, and the most senior salesperson. It was like a a volleyball match, back and forth, back and forth. And the sales manager said, look, we could be here for the rest of the day. And then he said to the other salespeople, the rest of you need to know these scripts like John and the most senior salespeople do. Mm. Yeah, that's not easy. It's not, but if you're a professional, you have to commit to it. Right, absolutely. Being, being enthusiastic isn't enough. That just gets you in the door. Right. And, and I think you're absolutely right that the only way you can be authentic and, you know, sell from the heart is by getting this down. Just, you know, just like it's, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and it just, you know, you know to brush your teeth, you know to go to the bathroom, you take a shower, you eat your breakfast, you know, so now you no longer have to worry about the script. You can just speak from a more emotional, personal standpoint. And you can listen better and also get people back on uh, back on course. Sometimes people wander off on tangents. Right. What's normal. Sometimes it happens in a conversation. Right. I get that. Right. Absolutely. Well, your understanding of the scripture, you can now gently redirect them to the outcome because see, people secretly want to buy. They don't want to be sold to, but they want to buy. And the thing is what many of cl- the clients I speak to initially don't understand is that they don't buy it from you they often don't buy it from anybody. Think about people in the life insurance industry. Oftentimes they speak to a, a family and the person decides not to buy. They rarely get it from another company. Well, you know how powerful life insurance can be. The salesperson better know and better understand the value. Right, right. That's why they have to come from that art. Not in a bulldozing kind of way, but you have to be as powerful and as persuasive as possible because... If they don't get it from you, they're probably not getting it from anybody. And think what an impact having the life insurance would have on that particular family. It would be huge. Right. Absolutely. John, it's been such an honor to have you on this show. I'd love to jump into our power section. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? 
Sure. Unlimited Selling Power by Dr. Donald Moyne, M-O-I-N-E. Dr. Donald Moyne. The book is Unlimited Selling Power. Okay, great. Dr. Moyne was my personal mentor. He has a PhD in psychology. He studied at UC Santa Cruz with Richard Bandler and John Grinder, the two co-founders of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah, yeah. And his book gets into some of the deep language patterns. It was interesting because Dr. Moyne, when he finished getting his PhD, there was, this was in the early 80s, a... A sales manager or a sales vice president, Merrill Lynch, read his dissertation and invited Dr. Moyne to come out and go with his top producing salespeople at Merrill Lynch and then deconstruct what they were doing from a language pattern point of view so he could then construct the scripts that were then spread throughout and disseminated throughout the entire organization. So if you're going to read a book on selling, that would be huge. Okay, thank you. And what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of, John? Business is great. I'm most proud of being a father. My daughter, Rita, is nine and a half years old. She's uh, just such such a joy. So as, as you know, maybe as the other parents out there, you never get a day off. It's one of the most challenging <laughs> jobs of them all, being a parent, but it's one of the most rewarding, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Are there any routines that you have that help you get a positive rise in your life? Maybe a morning routine or something you do every day? This is one of the most important things I learned. It was one of the very positive influence by my wife was to start meditating. I started out meditating five minutes a day. Now I meditate 20 minutes a day, five days a week. I'd much rather have the meditation time than sleep time. The meditation allows me to make better decisions throughout the day be more focused, be more compassionate, because again, selling is a heart sell. So if for any of your listeners out there, just start with five minutes a day meditating and go from there. Mm. John, thank you again um, for joining us. Is there any last golden nugget that you would like to share with our audience? Maybe something that we didn't get a chance to speak about. I will end it. Well, we're not going to end it, but here's the, what I, the point I would say is... You need to embrace the scripting that it's a heart sell. Once you have your heart with the scripts, you get the results. Some people say, you know, they had great trust and rapport. It was like a long lost friend from high school. Well, you use trust and rapport, you make a friend. You use a script, you make the sale. Right. John, thank you again so much for joining us. How do we stay connected to you and how do we support you? All right. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can, my LinkedIn name is J-O-H-N-D-K-U-R-T-H, John D. Kurth. You can also check out my website, www.syntaxofsuccess.com. That's S-Y-N-T-A-X-O-F-S-U-C-C-E-S-S.com. And you can reach out to me via that website for an email, and I'd love to talk with you and uh, any of your listeners and share with us some site, some ideas on how to get better with their scripts. Wonderful. Thank you again so much, John, for your time today. Thanks so much, Netta. Thank you for joining us today. John was so generous to offer us a 30-minute free consultation. So if any of you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about how to sell from the heart and how to gain customers and also keep them, um, check out our show notes where you can get John's direct 
phone number and um, straight to his website, you can sign up for the free 30-minute consultation on behalf of John to all of our listeners here on Rise Up For You. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. If so, please share it with your friends and your family. You can post it on social media and just help us spread the word. We would really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, you can head over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and let us know how we're doing. You can leave us a review and a rating of the podcast because we would love to know how we're doing and we want your help to be better. Plus, this really is one of the best ways to support our podcast Rise Up For You. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Podcast Directory, Blueberry, and of course, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you can check out all of the show notes and listen to the podcast on the website. Thank you again for tuning in to Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.